Hello, my name's Pete, and this is Social Lit and that. Uh, under three. Not bad. So, um, quite a bit of news, actually, in the in the thing of, uh, you know, ignoring the A-level results, which is a big deal, but obviously nothing to do with COVID-19. So, there we go. And it's also a UK thing. So, there we go. Well, it's actually an English thing. So, there we go. Right, first thing we're going to look at. Duration of infectiousness and correlation with RT... PCR cycle threshold values in cases of COVID-19 England January to May 2020 that's the name of the paper that I'm going to be referring to so if you want to look it up and read it then just do your little you know lab down 20 seconds and jot it down you know with an old-fashioned as a scribe would on vellum and a peacock's feather so basically Uh, This is um, all beautifully summarised by a doctor that I follow on Twitter, Dr. Eric Feigl-Ding, F-E-I-G-L hyphen D-I-N-G. Eric is spelled like Eric, like, you know, Eric the half a B. Uh, You know, the Monty Python song. Um, New, viral load of infectious people. Viral load similar between adults versus kids. Asymptomatic similar viral load 2, infection time is approximately 10 days. Also, the chance of culturing the virus is a little higher in children. Quoting from the uh, study, Dr. Eric writes, whose who's, um, handle, by the way, is at Dr. Eric Ding. Um, based on the real-world data described here, We recommend that infection control measures for persons with mild to moderate COVID-19 be particularly focused immediately after onset of symptoms and retained for 10 days. Asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic persons are likely to be a source of infectious virus. Also, they were unable to cultivate virus after 12 days. So that, I mean, you know, it's nothing startling, this, but it does... Uh, add more uh, evidence to the growing body of evidence now that children uh, transmit the virus, okay? They don't transmit it less than adults. In fact, it looks like they culture the virus for, uh, you know, more than adults and they uh, get rid of it, they shed it just as much as adults do. seems as if something has happened in the United States, uh, probably connected to Joe Biden choosing Kamala Harris as his running mate. Uh, Last, um, well, 24 hours since last show, we've had a couple of extraordinary moments. First of all, uh, Mika Brzezinski, who is the co-host of MSNBC's Uh, morning show which is called Morning Joe that I've dipped into uh, I'm based in the UK I'm based in the UK but nevertheless I've dipped into it for decades decades and decades and um, you know it's it's uh, flawed (laughs) and it's very American you know fucking bullhorners uh, but it's also quite interesting, you know. They, so they do. They have 
over the years they've had some excellent uh, contributors and they do have a roster of excellent journalists that they uh, often go to so it's definitely worth watching it for the contributors more than the um, the show's hosts or the anchors um, the presenters the, the two people Mika and her now husband this guy called Joe Scarborough who used to be a, a Republican uh, in Florida I don't know, I think it was like a state level, um, you know, but an elected Republican in Florida. And so they're quite well connected people. You know, the show comes out in New York, I think it is, every fucking day and blah, blah, blah. And so they were kind of independent of anything to do with politics. They were friends with um, Trump and they knew Trump, as a lot of people in New York in the media did. And so they were very heavily criticised because MSNBC is like, you know, a liberal news organisation. They were heavily criticised for having Trump on the show so much. And they obviously supported uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. But nevertheless, they know Trump. And Mika, today's edition, she is on fire. So here she is. where the Trump campaign took the social distancing stickers off the chairs and squished people together and made them click on a waiver saying you can't sue if you get the coronavirus and die from coming to this rally. How stupid can you be at this point if you follow this president? I beg you not to be for your life. But I ask you, Dave Ehrenberg, is there any legal recourse if you get this virus because of the stupidity of this president? No, there we go. <laughs> not leaving much um, in the locker room, as they say, in the fucking sports arenas, do they? Uh, are they? Is she? No, fucking having a right go there. And it just gets better. Listen to this one. Get out of this. I mean, this is just the president just lied four times in a row, and I just cut it short because we don't need to hear him lie. He says Joe Biden has been wrong every step of the way. Was he wrong in January when he penned an opinion piece for USA Today? Warning of a coming pandemic. Warning that many lives would be lost if... The president doesn't get his CDC and build teams around this to combat a virus. Was he wrong or were you wrong when you went to the CDC spewing your germs all over the place saying, if you can get a test, do you want a test? You can get a test when no one could get a test. Or maybe were you wrong when you said it would just go away miraculously? Maybe were you wrong when you said it was just one person coming from China? Maybe were you wrong when you said perhaps you don't want to use the Defense Production Act to mobilize the nationalized response to testing and contact tracing like other countries have done and their numbers have gone down. And while you might be keeping the testing numbers down by slowing down testing, which is just utter stupidity, talk about ditzy. 
Talk about a ditzy, stupid, botched response to a pandemic that is killing tens of thousands of people, over 160,000 right now. This is on you. Many of those deaths, Mr. President, are on you and your terrible response to this virus. Obvious, terrible response. You can't even show leadership on masks. And now you're politicizing your lies against Joe Biden, who's saying everyone should wear masks because they could reduce the numbers of transmissions of the coronavirus, which is what Fauci is saying, which is what all the doctors are saying and former CDC directors saying, people who actually have degrees and decades of knowledge in studying pandemics and infectious diseases, and yet... Yeah. So that was really interesting. And um, what she's talking about there, well, okay, two things, three things. Number one, that's not a bad little section there, just off the top of her fucking head. You know, well done, Mika. And also the guys in the booth, <laughs> the booth, <laughs> in the booth uh, providing the, the visuals. Because, of course, she was just like, you know, fucking going for it and seeing what came out of her mouth. Not No planning. And unlike me, she can't just... Whenever I have, you know, a moment of hesitation, I just say the word fucking. You probably noticed that, haven't you? Yeah, it does say swearing there on the fucking box. Anyway, uh, but, you know, pretty good. And in the booth, they were uh, doing the associated um, visuals, you know. So on the screen, when she was talking about the, you know, the number of deaths, they stuck up a map of all the deaths. So, you know, very good little bit of TV there, two minutes there. Uh, but you can see it on Twitter. And uh, so two other things. One thing, where is the UK version of Mika on British TV? Of Obviously, it's, you know, you can argue that, and it's, you know, absolutely right to argue that if you have opinion, news opinion programs like that, then, you know, it only goes south, basically. And you basically just have people shouting at each other. So, you know, MSNBC will shout against the president and Fox will shout against the the Democrats. So there's an argument against that. Having said that, you know, the closest we've fucking come to is when Emily Maitis said, oh, yeah, everyone thinks that Cummings is, uh, you know, people don't trust Cummings. And she was booted off the fucking show. Unbelievable. You know, on Newsnight. Remember that? So it would be nice for some, at some point, for somebody, I mean, who the fuck knows who? I mean, in a way, in a kind of very sober and serious way, this is exactly what independent uh, sage do in terms of holding the government to account. But of course, it would be nice to see it, like, you know, for, for, to people to actually see it on their television shows in the morning, for instance. I suppose to a certain degree, uh, Piers Morgan is doing that in um, the GM. What's it called? Good Morning Britain, isn't it? GMB. So Piers Morgan is doing that a little bit, um, but I'm not too sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's Piers Morgan. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, the other thing as well is that what there was, what we were talking about was this thing that Biden, who, who's playing a bit of a blinder, coming off of the announcement with Kamala Harris, they did another. Um, joint appearance yesterday where he said you know there's lots of things to talk about but I'm just going to very quickly say 
it's important that everybody wears masks for the next three months. The studies show that 40,000 lives will be saved, uh, you know, 40, in America, obviously, uh, if everybody uh, wears a mask in the next three months. And so, you know, this isn't a political point. I'm not talking as a Democrat here. I'm talking as a person that, you know, cares about my fellow American. And I'm calling for, you know, Republican and Democrat governors across the country to mandate mask wearing. And obviously, you know, but, uh, Trump criticizes it, but it's quite interesting politics from Biden because... He's coming out and he's saying he's, you know, a unifying figure. He's kind of labeling himself as unifying figure. And he comes out and says, well, OK, well, this isn't political. You know, I'm, I'm asking everybody, if you're in a position of power as a governor of a state, doesn't matter what state it is, you know, we need to think about this, the public health aspect of this. Take the politics out of it which obviously he isn't doing, you know, like, because he is running for president, you know, but it's, it's slightly um, nuanced, you know, it's not that fucking nuanced, but it's slightly nuanced because it does, you then, if, as Trump does, of, of course, attack him. I mean, Trump is such a fucking idiot. Like Mika says, like, Trump's thing is, oh no, he's wrong. I mean, of course, of co he has to say something against Biden, but he's not wrong. And he's falling into Biden's trap by saying Biden's wrong. That you know, you're basically saying it's okay not to wear masks, and it isn't okay to not to wear masks. I don't know if you've ever picked up that I quite like the idea of people wearing masks. So, you know, Trump basically looks like again, well, you know, he's the president and he's basically giving bad advice because he's trying to attack the person giving good advice. And again, now Biden is, a poll came out, I know it's national, you can't really go much about it. Um, you know, it, it, does, it doesn't give you any real information in terms of how the uh, election is going to turn out, because of course it's basically a series of statewide, you know, the state polls give you actual information. Um, and the national polls just, you know, you can look at the trends, but the trend is going in Biden's way. And he's 11 points ahead, which is his biggest uh, national lead uh, so far. So that's good. You know, I mean, they probably will tighten, but it's good, of course. And what's really interesting, if you look at that, he's winning suburban people that live in suburbia. And he's equal with white people, which is amazing because fucking, you know, those fucking white people love old Trumpy Wumpy, you know. So it's good. You know, it's looking good. And if Trump is such a fucking goon, you know what I mean? Who knows what's going to happen? But he's not doing himself any favours. But yeah, really good, Mika. Thank you very much, Mika. And uh, we'll be sure to tune in tomorrow. And the second one is a journalist called Shirish Dates, who is the White House correspondent for Huffington Post. And after asking this question that I'll play in a moment, you know, he put on Twitter, I've been wanting to ask him that for the last five years. And uh, this guy, Date, I don't know if that, you pronounce his name like that, but it's spelled D-A-T-E. So maybe it's Date or something else, some other pronunciation. But anyway, this guy's quite an interesting fellow. He spent two years on a boat um, down the old Atlantic, you know, 
imagine that two years in a boat like a proper sailor anyway this sailor fella got a job with the HuffPo he's a journalist but he just took a bit of time off and as you do went on a boat for two years sailing across the Atlantic and into the Mediterranean and the Caribbean as well and um, anyway he asked this question So there we go. He said, do you regret all the lying you've done to the American people? And Trump looks a bit like a fucking Weetabix in a suit. And he went, uh, and then he pointed to someone else and said, go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a bit of fluff compared to Mika. But, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, people are becoming a little bit more uh, brazen in their critique of this fucking clown. Welcome to the Trend Report. So the trend is that cases are going up wherever restrictions are being eased, including, you know, some, you know, Germany, France, the UK. The UK is regularly now over a thousand cases a day. Um, and, you know, France is over 2,000, Spain is over 2,000, Italy is uh, over 500 for the first time in weeks yesterday. And all of these places, they've got quarantines in place and, uh, you know, various, uh, obviously, attempts at trying to get on top of it. Um, at the same time, though, as fucking quarantining people, of course, if you want to go bowling, then please go bowling. Because old Sausage Johnson loves the old bowling, doesn't he? Fucking hell. It's like a fucking bowling ball. Um, I'd like to stick my fingers in his bowling ball holes. <laughs> Horrible thought. Anyway, in New Zealand, um, yesterday, the Prime Minister there, Jacinda Ardern, she announced a 12-day extension of the country's COVID-19 restrictions. So this cluster of cases that group, that broke out a couple of days ago in New Zealand has grown to 29. And it's in Auckland, which is the biggest city in New Zealand, a city of 1.5 million people. And it's still being investigated. So they've basically kind of con continued the quite hard lockdown in Auckland. So they, they hope, what well, she says, that in 12 days' time... The cluster will be identified, isolated. We can move back to level two with confidence and the rest of the country is in level two. Now, the thing about New Zealand, as I've celebrated many times, is that they have, you know, moved, they moved fast and absolutely, you know, with a vigour that basically, you know, not many countries in the world uh, were better at combating COVID-19 than New Zealand. And they went 102 days without a community transmission, meaning that only uh, returning New Zealanders with COVID-19, um, who would then obviously be quarantined, you know, coming out of the, coming off the um, aeroplanes, the aeroplanes, only those guys would, you know, be the only cases in the whole country would be returning New Zealanders. And occasionally, you know, you get one or two, whatever, you know, every week that one or two would pop up. 
but within the community, 102 days without anything, any action, but now there's these 29 cases. And, um, you know, absolutely a breath of fresh air in terms of, you know, all public places are shut. Libraries, museums, cinemas, uh, food courts, playgrounds, people must work from home. Children are encouraged to learn from home. Stay in your household bubbles when you're not at work or school if you have to attend school. Supermarkets and petrol stations are open but um, other businesses have to shut, okay? So they're, you know, real, you know, going back to the lockdown, uh, essentially. And it's not the kind of lockdown where it's a bit fucking willy-nilly, like in Britain. It seems like it's, well, the difference is Cummings, obviously, and the difference is trust. So hopefully they will get a handle on that. As for the rest of us, you know, hopefully we're soon going to get a handle on it. And, um, you know, you never know. You never know, do ya? But the problem with Sirish Date, or Date, however you pronounce his surname, is he's got a bit of daring do about him. You know, daring do as uh, Michael Palin would say. Uh, you know, Michael Palin, he uh, famously, he wasn't the first choice for the Around the World in 80 Days TV show. The first choice was Miles Jupp. And the second choice was Teller from Penn and Teller. Um, yeah, everyone knows about Miles Jupp, but nobody knows about Penn and Teller. Anyway, um, Daring Do. Yes, he's got a bit of Daring Do about him, that old Date. And it's probably just Date, isn't it? I don't know what it is, but D-A-T-E, anyway, as I keep fucking saying. Uh, because he's a bloody neckmasker. Unbelievable. Even the guy, like, you know, speaking truth to power, even though power just fucking points and says, yes, please. <laughs> Um, is the neck master, but he's got a bit of daring do because he's spent two years in the sailing boat. Anyway, big news coming out of the old community of scientists that I'm not a part of. Thank you. Um, so stop, you know, giving me uh, all of that funding. I don't know what to do with it. A new article in Science, uh, which is the name of the journal, sciencemag.org. Science Mag. You got it, sciencemag.org. SARS-CoV-2 infection protects against re-challenge in rhesus macaques. Is it macaques or macaques? Let's go with macaques. The monkeys. Is it macaques? I think it might be macaques. And here is uh, an, uh, an abstract of the abstract. Or an extract of the abstract, I should say. Uh, an understanding of protective immunity to severe acute SARS-CoV-2 is a critical is critical for vaccine and public health strategies. Well, fucking hell, it's a, you just cut that out. You fucking abstract. That's obvious. Da -da -da -da. Whether infection results in protective immunity against re-exposure, we developed a rhesus macaque model. Macaque, macaque. How do you say that word? Is it macaque? Macaque? Macaque. <laughs> Anyway, the bottom line is it works, basically. Um, these data show that the infection-induced protective immunity against re-exposure in non-human primates 
I thought all primates were non-human, aren't they? Yeah, all primates are non-human, surely. Or are we a primate? Oh man, this is basic stuff, isn't it? I guess we are primates, because what are we? We're not lizards, are we? Old, um, the, the, the sect of the audience who are fans of that guy that used to do the snooker in the 1980s, who then became, you know, seriously mentally ill, but also massively uh, arrogant and thinks we're all lizards. Well, you can fuck off for a start. But anyway, we're not lizards and we're not uh, any kind of, you know, we've got hot blood. We probably are primates, aren't we? So anyway, that's good news, isn't it? Yes, very good. Very good if you're a monkey. Now, interestingly enough, only about around about 30 people have been done for not wearing masks in shops and on public transport. I think probably public transport is where they're actually finding people. But of course, 30 is a joke because we can see the neck maskers whenever we go on a train, you know? We can, can't we? Yes, we can. And so the government's thing is to bump up the fine. And from tomorrow, you can go bowling. Yay! If you want to go bowling, you can go to the casino. Yay! If you want to go to the casino. Uh, but I wouldn't do that. I spoke to a friend of mine who is getting uh, takeaway pizza, which sounds quite nice. But I'm being so... I mean, I'm not even doing that. You know, I'm being so, like, hyper um, allergic. <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, in the place where I live, there is no takeaway pizza. You might as well, you know, it's easier to make your own pizza than to try to source takeaway pizza in rural Devon, you know? He lives in a in a cosmopolitan part of the world, this unnameable friend. He does have a name, but to protect his authority and his kind of, like, lower ranking in organised crime, I'm not going to mention his name... Thank you very much. I run to the shop, bump into everyone. Say, have you heard? Have you heard the news? There is a podcast called Social Distancer. Share it, like it, astound your friends. Everything you want to hear about. The greatest public health emergency in any of our lives. Four times a week, and it is free. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and an omnibus on Sundays. Fucking great and swearing. So I got another email from Perchoice, and Perchoice asks Are Covid's annuals or perennials? which is a very good question for choice. And I think that the answer is, unfortunately, well, the answer is, we don't know. That's what the answer is. And now the speculation, but also speculation based on evidence, yeah? Yeah? Where I got a problem here that is going to get worse when it gets colder, and we have also got a problem there that... Uh, there's no reason to suggest it's just going to disappear and then come back again. Is What does perennial mean? <laughs> I've just realised. I thought for a second perennial is the same as biannual. Biannual, which means... Does biannual mean 
um, at the same time, once every two years and once every six months. Is that correct? Am I correct in saying that biannual means once every six months um, and once every two years? Oh, no, no, it only means um, occurring twice a year, sometimes confused with biennial, um, biennial, which means taking place every other year. So sorry about that. I'm sometimes confused with, well, fucking, I, I, I am the sometimes there, aren't I? But what does perennial mean? Well, this is exciting, isn't it? Like, I'm basically learning really the meanings of really basic words. <laughs> Perennial means um, existing for a long or apparently infinite time, enduring or continually recurring. Oh, okay, so this is a great question. I think it's perennial until, you know, it isn't, basically, until such a... So we had this big study come out in the UK saying that 6% of people in the UK have had COVID-19, which is obviously nowhere near herd immunity levels. You know, it needs to be at least 10 times that, you know, at least 60% to get anywhere close to herd immunity levels for Britain. So, um, yeah, mate, it's perennial. Poor choice. Oh, sorry, per choice. Per choice, it is perennial, I think. And, you know... Some movement on the vaccine. We've got a lot of what they're calling um, vaccine nationalism happening, whereby people, uh, you know, countries are buying up uh, stocks left, right and centre. Hopefully that will be kind of sorted out. But you never know. I mean, you have no idea. Obviously, um, Putin with what beautifully called Sputnik V... Uh, the Russia-backed vaccine. Uh, they're basically kind of not doing phase three, which is the mass um, human testing phase, which is the most, obviously, the most important testing phase, like, for safety. Uh, th- oh, fuck that. We don't need to fucking test it because we want to be first. Well, yeah, but I'm not too sure you're going to have a queue around the block for your, you know, fucking vaccine that hasn't even been tested. Anyway, we'll see what happens with the vaccine, but it's obviously going to be at least, well, six months away. At the very least, we'd be very lucky, I think, to get something um, by by Christmas, say. And, um, yeah, anyway, I am going to say, are you ready? Are you sitting comfortably? Um, I don't think, well, I don't know, maybe people drive. I do know that people cycle. I do know that people walk. When they're listening to this, maybe you drive, but I can't imagine that you are, that anyone is driving when they're listening to this. I don't think that's my audience. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're probably sitting around tables, um, you know, in your workplaces. Um, yeah. Anyway, one, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Oh, if you do get a chance to see a film called Official Secrets, Official Secrets, see Official Secrets. It's on um, a blinky, what's it called? Prime. 
uh, Amazon Prime in Britain, and it's really good. It stars Kira Knightley, who does this knockout performance. This excellent actor that I really like called Sean Dooley is a cameo in it. And only the Rafe himself, Rafe Fiennes, he's in it as well. He's great in it. And best of all is Matt Smith. Matt Smith is in it. Matt Smith is amazing in this film. He's so good. Oh, and best of all, even better than Matt Smith, is Riffens is in it. Reese Riffens. <laughs> is that his name? Reese Iffens. You know, Reese Iffens from the wheels, huh? And Reese Iffens plays this uh, this um, observer reporter called Egged Vilmany. And, oh, mate, it's such an amazing performance this guy Ed Vilmany basically it's the story of it's a true story I knew nothing about it, it kind of got like subsumed in the run-up to the Iraq war in um, 2003 but essentially in January 2003 this person that worked at GCTHQ um, leaked uh, an email that, that all of the GCHQ which is the kind of um, like the kind of hub the listening hub for the Secret Service in Britain, and it's based in Cheltenham or near outside Cheltenham or in Cheltenham, somewhere near fucking Cheltenham, and um, in Gloucestershire. Is it Cheltenham? I think it's Cheltenham. And anyway, she worked there, and she was like a translator for. Well, she knew, you know, some language, and she was like a spy, basically. But they all got an email saying, if you like hear of any compromising. Um, like little tidbit that can give the US authorities a bit of kind of like leverage over the UN vote, then, you know, we're going to send it to the to the Americans. And it's this guy from the NSA, um, you know, kind of emailed the GCHQ staff himself. And, uh, you know, a lot of people apparently in GCHQ had a problem with this because, of course, the war was, like, massively controversial. And, uh, anyway, she fucking leaked it to the Observer. The Observer kind of weird... Like, I mean, it's unbelievable. I really remember this very clearly because I was, like... Well, obviously, like everyone... Like, apparently, one in ten people in the, in the film, they say one in ten people believe Blair over the um, reasons to go to war, which wouldn't fucking surprise me. And you wonder, like Mika, like, you know, you wonder, what the fuck are the people, there's a third of the people still support Trump? I mean, what the fuck does he more have to do to put people off the fucking guy, you know? What the fuck does he more have to do? (laughs) And you think, well, hold on, one in ten, but then again, you know, one in ten people in Britain and in most, you know, everywhere in the world, they think the craziest things, you know? I mean, literally, like, you know, they think the, uh, you know, blood is made of glass, you know, just fucking insane shit. So it's no real surprise that one in ten people believes all that bullshit that, that Blair was saying. But Blair, of course, doesn't come out of it well, the film. And it's a really good film. So anyway, watch that. Official secrets. Right, do you remember 9,000 years ago when I said one, two, three, walk between the raindrops? Well, I'm going to do it again because I'm looking out now. Jesus, we've got we've been struck by proper thunderstorms in the UK and I think all around Europe um, after this intense heat wave that we've had for about a week. 
and um, yeah, mate, it's pouring down. So I'd be lucky to walk between those bloody raindrops. I tell ya. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. We call that a buy one get one free Friday special. Buy one get one free Friday special. <laughs> Take care.